A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It is a period of spring break. A small transport, having fled from the volunteer quadrant, traverses a great distance to find refuge. During their journey, this clan of four finds themselves on the planet Batu, on the edge of the known galaxy, in an outpost simmering with conflict between the First Order and the Resistance. The group stumbles upon the Millennium Falcon. Inside Anaka Transport Solutions, the family-turned-freedom fighters are recruited to pilot the legendary spacecraft on a dangerous mission. Facing the fleet of TIE fighters, they seek to capture the precious cargo that can help the Resistance and restore freedom to the galaxy. I'm Jim. And I'm Chris. This is the experimental podcast covering our Disney adventures. Each week on Epcoto, we are recapping and rating the attractions we experienced at the most magical place on Earth. And this is episode two, Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. Before we head to a galaxy far, far away, we want to shout out Jennifer Gilly and Custom Travel Professionals. She's not a paying sponsor, but she did help us plan this trip. And thus, none of this would have happened without her. So check her out. Okay, you guys ready to do this? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's go. All right, it's time for some history. In the year 1923, in history, we talk a little about the background information of the ride. After its West Coast cousin cousin opened in May of 2019, Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run opened at Disney's Hollywood Studios on August 29th, which is our grandma's birthday. Yay! It was the opening day attraction for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, a Star Wars-themed park. All right, so how would y'all describe this ride to someone who hasn't experienced it before? It is a, um, whatchamacallit, motion, uh, simulator. motion simulator ride. And you basically get to, like, control it, which my mom thought it was programmed. But anyway. So you basically just fly the Millennium Falcon because uh, a guy hired you to pick up some cargo for him. So you have to fly and you have to, like, fight some people who are trying to steal it from you. And so you said that it's motion controlled, but, like, you control it. So what are the different roles on the flight? There are six roles, two pilots, one who goes up and down, one left and right. There are two gunners and two engineers. The pilots obviously fly, the gunners obviously shoot the bad guys, and the engineers are, what, are gra- grab the cargo and hold on to the cargo. It is like you're flying an actual spaceship. That's what it feels like. Did uh, you feel like you were flying the actual Millennium Falcon? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I feel like the cockpit was a little bit smaller okay. in the movie. That's just my... my... Oh, in the movie. Yeah. Well, because in, movie... in the movie, there's not seat for six. Yeah, it was yeah. just four. That's true. It was just four people. It wasn't six people. That's true. And one of the things that's cool just about the background of this ride is that... Uh, so only six people can ride at a time, but like there's identical things on like a turntable system. Like how many different simulators are there? There are there are seven simulators with six seats, so it has a maximum capacity of 42. That was really cool. Okay, one other thing about this that really stresses me out is um, I was reading in the Imagineering story, and apparently the it's like the most advanced video game ever. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah, uh, and basically. but but the technology was so advanced that there was a company called Nvidia working on the graphics card, and then they were using Epic's Unreal game engine. Industrial Light of Magic were doing graphics. It's such a complicated thing that months before the ride was supposed to open, it still wasn't working properly. And I have procrastinated on things before, but that just stresses me out even mm-hmm. thinking about it. But it is like the most advanced video game ever made. We should give a shout out to Joe Johnston who is the creator of the Millennium Falcon. In the original Star Wars trilogy. In the trilogy. original Star Wars trilogy. Is he still alive? 
He is still alive. How old is he? I don't know, but he's still alive. Okay. Um, well, congrats to him. <laughs> Our favorite Easter eggs in the queue, which this one's really, really great, were the multiple Porg nests that were scattered around the Millennium Falcon. Porgs are these small little bird puffin they're like really the most adorable wonderful creatures ever yes they befriend yes. they befriend chewbacca and basically stow away the millennium falcon and you can find their nests all over the queue it's great oh we they, should they also cheep during the ride they do that's true yeah. 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 Um, which is really cute we should probably probably as far as in the canon of the star wars story it Smuggler's Run takes place in between The Last Jedi and Rise of the Skywalker, and that's where all of the stuff in Batuu Which takes is place, the right? Second yes. to last movie and the last movie in the Skywalker saga. In the Skywalker saga. All right. Okay, so basically, what happens in the ride is uh, so Hondo Onaka, who is a character in Star Wars who has appeared in Clone Wars and Rebels, has he appeared in any live action things? He is in Clone Wars. He plays a significant role in both Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, can you give a quick rundown on who Hondo is for people who don't so know? Oh, yeah, I can do that. He's a pirate. Yeah, a he's a space pirate. He's a pirate. He's a space pirate that hijacks ships, and he mostly is after multiple different things. He deals with the Je he deals with the Jedi mostly Obi Wan Kenobi, Anakin Skywalker, and Ahsoka Tano a lot through the Clone Wars. He also is like he also talks to Ezra Bridger a lot throughout Rebels and and what is so weird about Hondo, for lack of a better word, that for our family specifically. Okay, so he plays. A character on the kids' show Curious George, he plays Chef Bischetti, who is uh, who is the chef at an Italian restaurant in the show. So the guy who voices Hondo in all of the things, including Smuggler's Run, his, it's a guy by the name of Jim Cummings, and he is a great voiceover artist. He does Winnie the Pooh, he does Tigger, he does Pete for Disney things, but we watched a lot of Curious George when these guys were younger, and his Hondo voice and his Chef, chef Bischetti voice, they're not really that different to our ears at least uh-huh you think yeah. they are different no 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 they sound very not, not i think if you like didn't know who he was and then you watch chef biscotti you might hear a slight more difference than what we heard but that's just because you haven't really watched it but it's kind of jarring because chef biscotti's like hey giorgio let's make a pizza and then hondo like is kidnapping children and things like that so it's a little bit jarring to say the least all right one last thing in history is chewbacca mode and i saw this on the internet i thought it was fake i did some digging apparently it's real or people have done a really good job faking it but throughout the ride on smugglers run hondo's talking to you giving you directions and things like that but if you don't want chef biscotti you can have chewbacca talking to you <gasps> by accessing by accessing Wookiee mode or Chewbacca mode. What has to happen is, there's only a few seconds to do this, before the cast member comes to check your seatbelts, the pilots have to push the controls to the far extremes and then press the flashing button. And the pilots and engineers have to hold one of the white buttons next to the score screen and then press the flashing buttons. And so if you do this properly, it's like a old video game cheat code, <laughs> then you have Chewbacca just the whole time Wouldn't while you're driving. Wouldn't that not be very helpful, by the way? I mean, did, what Hondo said to us, was that really helpful? No, no. he was basically <laughs> just criticizing us. Yeah, that's true. Mm. But Chewbacca, he's friendly. Eh, sometimes. He will, he will, if he, he, if he meets a stormtrooper, then... He might rip your arm off, but he's still friendly. That's some of the story behind the ride. Now it's time to talk about our adventure. 
Okay, our adventure, before we even talk about the ride itself, real quick, what is y'all's history with Star Wars? Everything. <laughs> not ev- no, not everything. I have watched everything Star Wars ever. Star Wars, Star Wars is one of our favorite franchise, series, franchise. franchises. Yeah. I actually have a memory that I saw on Facebook a few weeks ago where it's a picture of me watching a YouTube video with Darth Vader in it. And it basically says, we're going to try something here with the kids. And so it was the first time that y'all ever saw anything Star Wars was a YouTube video. I guess it was Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi fighting with lightsabers in the first Star Wars movie. From A New Hope? From A New Hope, yeah. I remember, so Kylo Ren rocks around at Galaxy's Edge, and I remember watching a video of Kylo Ren, uh, like, just making children cry. And laugh. <laughs> and laugh by walking by. It's like, are you loyal to the, to the First Order? And they're like, <laughs> no! <laughs> All right, so... This was the first ride we rode at Disney World. We went to Hollywood Studios, we rode the Skyliner. We were originally going to do Rise of the Resistance, but it was closed for like only like 15 minutes. It wasn't minutes. working. And so we quickly called an audible, went to Millennium Falcon. What was it like for y'all walking into Galaxy's Edge for the first time? We were like, this is Star Wars. This is like we're in the Star Wars universe. I thought I teleported. Seriously. I thought I teleported to another planet. When you first walk up to where Smuggler's Run is, what do you see? There is a model of the Millennium Falcon that is like to scale. It looks like the Millennium, Millennium. Falcon. Yeah. 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 It, all the people are taking pictures in front of it. It's we have multiple pictures. Pretty we amazing. Have, yeah, we have multiple pictures of it. Okay. So now tell us about our experience on the ride. So I'm gonna start with the positions that everyone was in. So it was only four of us. There were two engineers that we didn't know, but. Yeah, I think they were brother and sister, I think. They seemed like it. Yeah, didn't they, uh, their mom take our picture? Yes, I think so. (laughs) As I was saying, my dad, he did left and right. I did up and down and the hyperdrive. And then Liam and my mom were the gunners. Gunners. Though, mom thought it was all programmed, so she ended up stopped doing it, so I had to do all the work. So that's the reason why most of our ship got damaged, and why some of it didn't, because I was doing all the work! Liam feels very strongly about this. Very, very. And so what you're trying to do is you're trying to get some cargo, you're trying to steal cargo from the First Order, and so the engineers are supposed to, like, harpoon that cargo so that you can bring it back to Hondo. They to do other help. stuff, like build, rebuilding the ship, I think. Like, do repairs like, and like, stuff like yeah. that? Yeah, when a button flashes, they press it. It's just pressing lots of buttons. Mm. I mean, that's what it is for everybody. Oof. Okay, so what was it like? It was like flying a real spaceship. What it was, was it like? Okay, what, I'll ask, what was it like flying the Falcon? It was really fun. It's It was difficult. I was expecting it to be easier, but still. I really It was really fun. It was one of, it was a really good ride. I what? liked it. What was it like to shoot down TIE Fighters? Um, it was like a dream come true, first of all. I've always <laughs> wanted to shoot down a TIE Fighter. Finally got to do it. Um, but also, it really hurt my fingers. Uh, I ended up like, hitting it with my palm, which didn't really work. So I went back to my fingers, so my fingers were really sore after it. But it was really fun. One thing that I think we skipped over the fact is like you're walking through and it looks like the actual Millennium Falcon. Like you can see the hollow chest table. And one of my biggest regrets is that we did not actually sit down and take a picture at the hollow chest table. We tried, but they were like, get, they were like, well, go, go. Like, they were like, move along, so like, move along. We were like the very first one you go to. Like, so even before you got hollow chest, we like went over to the right. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. that's right. So anyway, if you want to picture the hollow chest table, just make sure that you do it quickly. 
very quickly. Okay, now it's time for our third segment. Did you get sick? I do not have a jingle for this segment, and I really don't know if I should have a jingle for this segment. You don't really have to. You, yeah. You shouldn't, or else it'd be like rhythmic and barfing. Okay. So, Liam. Uh, <laughs> let me think. I mean, I got a little nauseous. My head started to hurt. But I did get a little nauseous. Yeah. It might have been having to, like, look back and forth at it. Yeah. I, was, I wanted to pay attention to the screen, but I also had to look at the buttons to see which ones to push. Because there were multiple buttons, but not many of them actually pushed down unless they lit up. So you had to look at it to see, oh, should I push this button or not? But you also wanted to look at the screen because, you know, you want to see what's going on. Because this is a cool experience. So kind of. I did, yeah. I, see, I, 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 one of the reasons why I was a pilot is because I do get motion sick. And so I was worried that if I wasn't, like, in charge of the motion of things, I would get sick. To be fair, you were only in charge of I half I was only of it. in charge of half of it. Which was probably the wrong half to be in charge of. Yeah, probably so. So I did get a little bit motion sick. <laughs> um, not not by any intention or anything. It's, yeah, I it's did tough. Not, I promise I did not do it um, on purpose. Because I was controlling left or right. Jim was controlling up and down. And <laughs> the up and down was a little bit... I wasn't expecting the up and down. We'll just say that. So I got a little... I got a little... I got a little bit nauseous. But I didn't get, like, sick. Uh, not my fault. And, like... Okay, so that has been Did You Get Sick? And now it is time for us to take things to the next level. It's time for Plus It Up. One of the things that Walt Disney loved about the theme parks is that they would keep evolving. He talked about how when he finished a movie like Snow White, it was done. But you could keep adding to a theme park and keep plussing it with new ideas. Although it's funny because George Lucas kept plussing Star Wars movies long after they're done. But in that tradition, Plus It Up is where we propose ways to enhance the attraction that we're talking about. So, you got one, Liam? Oh, uh, okay. So, one of my plus it ups is like, so you know how the porgs are like there and they cheat, but it would be cool if they were like actually like in the cockpit, like right next to you or right in front of you and like cheeping, like making like louder noises if you like did a turn or something. Uh, that would be really cute, I think. If there was an animatronic porg that was in there with you, would it have distracted you from? Uh, I mean, yeah. maybe. Yes. It, it just ups the degree of difficulty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would have been distracted by a porn. I mean, yeah, but it, the, the cuteness. It doesn't matter if you win. It doesn't I, matter if you get <laughs> shot down. As long as you get to see a porg in real life. I, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. I would I would just be delighted to see a porg. It would make me so happy. Okay, what about you? Okay, for plus enough, I think, well, so, there's, so you go on a mission to this planet where you steal cargo from the First Order. I think that there should be many different missions. I think we should combine it with Star Tours. You can go to many different planets and do with it many different missions. It's still the same thing, stealing cargo from the First Order. But you could go to, like, many different places. Like, you could go to, like, Hoth or Tatooine or Jakku or Dagobah or Kashyyyk or Endor. And basically, like, you just go to all these other, like, different places and you would steal cargo from there, too. Instead of just going to whatever planet that you go to, it would not surprise me if they do that at some point in time. That, would you Would you know where it is, or do you think it's just like we have a new mission and you're going to go to a new place? I I mean, they might have mounted it like D twenty three or something. Yeah, but yeah, so like on Star Tours, which we'll get into Star Tours later, but Star Tours has a randomizer where you go to different planets. Yeah, they just like yeah, you get three random different yeah. things. I imagine that probably one of the things holding back right now is just how hard the technology is for that kind. Oh of thing. yeah, if it's hard now, it's going to be even harder. Yeah. Later. But that's a really cool idea. I love the idea of like 
going on board the Falcon and not knowing where you're going to be going yeah. and what mission you're going on. Okay, it's so it is a sense of adventure. My plus it up idea is leaning into the Chewbacca mode thing that we discovered that was real. For those of you who played video games back in the 80s and 90s, there were always these codes that could do different things. And so I say lean into the Chewbacca mode and have all sorts of different modes that you can unlock by doing different things before your mission starts. You could have Lando be the one that's talking to you or Ninyub, or uh, Rose, because, you know, she deserves a shout-out, and she's not in Rise of the Resistance and things like that. Or you could actually do different things where, like, you could do a code that has, like, homing missiles on your Falcon. <laughs> that has that you could do homing missiles toward TIE fighters or something like that. So just, like, lean into this video game aspect and do those codes. And now, for the moment we've all been waiting for, rate it! Okay, so here's how the scale works. It's 0 to 10. Zero is, I'd rather wait in line for the bathroom than do this ride. Number ten, this was the best ride at the park. So, what's your rating? Liam, we'll have you go first. Uh, I say 9.2 because it was a really great ride, but it kind of took a lot of concentration, and I kind of got a little motion sick, which some people might be a 10 because they don't have get motion sick. But like that's me. just my personal opinion. 9.2. Okay. Your turn, Dad. I am going to say 8 out of 10. You don't want to go too high with these ratings. You want to save your nines and your tens for like the truly epic ones. I love the ride. It was incredible. I can't believe we got to fly the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. But also, I I feel like that there's just a couple more levels you could take it a little bit further. Than yeah. That. So anyway, so eight. I think I'd give it an eight point five for the same reason that Dad avoided the nines and tens. Get you can't have all nines and tens. I mean. Yeah, I mean technically you could. But it would still. be wonderful if you could. <laughs> be great. Disney but, would be perfect. Yeah. But still, like, it's a great ride. You gotta fly the Millennium Falcon, the ship from Star Wars. It is amazing. It was it was great. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was really good. Okay, do we have any final thoughts? Yeah, actually we do. One thing that I would like to one thing that I would like to mention is that the person that does the up and down also gets to do the hyperdrive. Oh, that's important, yeah. And that is really, really fun. It felt so awesome. I'm sorry that I took that away from you, yeah. Dad. No, I, I, no, I'm glad that you got to experience it, and I was Next insanely jealous. We... Hit the hyperdrive. Punch it. Yeah. Punch it, Chewy. That is a very important thought. I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that. Yes, if you if you want to do hyperdrive, you need to be the person in charge of the vertical motions on there. Which I Which can is and down for those of us who don't know what vertical means. <laughs> All right. One last thing about order. I said that we were going to be doing these podcasts in the order of how we did the rides. However, the next ride that we did was Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, but we rode that ride how many times? Twice. Twice. We actually closed the day out with it, so we're actually going to push that to the end of our Hollywood Studios episodes. And so next week we're going to be doing Toy Story Mania. All right. So stay tuned if you want to hear Rise of the Resistance later. And thanks for visiting us at Epcota. If you liked our show, please subscribe and feel free to give us five stars. And we hope that you'll be joining us each week for new episodes. Next time we're joining Woody, Buzz, and the rest of the gang for Toy Story Mania. See you next week!